Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends related, Shining Time Station, you know, anything else to do with the Thomas franchise, including the Railway Series, which will be the topic of discussion for today's episode. I'm Orion. And I'm Tony. And today we will be discussing the sixth book in the Railway Series, Henry the Green Engine. Um, this is a, a follow-up to the previous book, Troublesome Engines, um, which we talked about um, a little while back. Um, but, uh, you know, this is a, definitely um, a, a great book. Um, it's unique in that it's the only railway series book with five stories. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and there are some other uh, interesting tidbits that we'll uh, talk about along the way. But um, uh, what are your general thoughts on the book before we dive into it, Tony? You know, I, I think that the book, it, it's a it's a really good book. I, I enjoy this book quite a bit. It's not one of my favorites necessarily, but it's it's a really solid book. You know, um, of course, uh, two of the stories in this book were, uh, you know, made it in well, all, all five of the stories were made into the TV series. Of course, uh, the first two stories were made into two. Uh, one's pretty decent episode and then one really good episode in fact one of the fandom's favorite episodes uh, and then the other three stories uh, two were combined into one average story and then another story was adapted a few years later uh, into a decent episode uh, but on the whole you know I think that the stories are, are really interesting it's it's a good book and um, the the of the five stories, there are two that we mentioned when we were doing reviews of the of season one of the TV series uh, that we didn't really care for. The the one that was combined into one episode where it was two stories combined into one. Um, and I think that they're better in book form, but we'll touch on that when we get to those stories individually. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's a good book. But again, like you said, not one of my favorites necessarily, um, but not one of my least favorites either. Right. Um, it's just a, it, it's a great book. Um, and um, yeah, so, I mean, diving right into it, right from the beginning, there's something different, of course. Um, yep. If you are looking at the illustrations um, and it's described in the foreword um, that the engines now all have numbers. Of course, before this, Thomas was the only one who had a number. Um, yep. but, uh, but because they are part of the region now, because of the nationalization of, uh, and, of the railways and being part of British railways. Um, they do now have the, uh, uh, their own numbers. Um, and I think that was, a, that was a nice choice, I think. Um, and, uh, it, I think it definitely helped the, you know, of course it wasn't even thought of really much at the time, but I think the fact that all the engines have numbers, you know, bright yellow numbers and easily identifiable numbers, I think that really helped with, um, making the characters marketable for merchandising purposes oh, later yeah. on when it became a TV series. Um, Definitely. It, it, you know, something obviously wouldn't have even been on the radar at the time, but, um, but, it, it, you know, quite interesting. It is, you know, I, I, I do think that the decision to give all of the engines numbers was a, it was a good one. I mean, of course we're so used to seeing it that it's, it's almost unthinkable that for the first six or so books, they didn't have numbers. So, uh, first five books, rather, I should say, but, uh, you, you know, what I mean. yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, and I believe, I mean, is this the first time that, um, 
that the Fat Controller is referred to as Sir Topham Hat? I believe so, yes, because in... I, I, I was going to say that Three Railway Engines, he was referenced as that, but, but that's not correct. In Three Railway Engines, he's just referenced as a Fat Director, and then, of course, now he's the Fat Controller, because uh, the, um, the, the railway has now become the Sodor region, even though it was just known as the region at the time, uh, basically that region of British railways. And so, yes, this, this is the first time that the Fat Controller is referenced as Sir Topham Hatt. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, quite interesting, again, more. Um, we talked about last time, um, for those who remember or those who, who didn't happen to listen to it, but in our discussion of Troublesome Engines, we talked about how uh, really that was a major turning point for the series. The stories yep. became much more complex. The writing drastically improved. Um, oh, yes. And... Uh, and now we see a lot more character development. So even just in a minor character, really, um, in Sir Topham Hatt, not one of the main engines, um, you know, he he's developed. And we we have a name now, right? Um, and then, of course, throughout this book here, and diving right into the first story, Cole, we get the first time that there's really um, any sort of character development that isn't just the standard um, development that we have seen, where it's uh, you know like the Thomas uh, arc of right. um, learning how to be a good engine. And it was the same thing with James um, in his book, the similar thing with Percy in, in his two stories in the last book. So, um, but with this one, we really get something different. We get uh, something that, uh, that, the, that the engine can't help. Um, right. In the first story, Cole, we learned that, you know, Henry is, is, you know, is troubled, um, and is constantly ill because of, uh, you know, he, he needs a different type of coal. He ends up getting Welsh coal, mm -hmm. Welsh coal, of course. And then he, um, and he ends up uh, steaming a whole lot better. Right. Uh, which it's interesting. Um, a couple of points about that is that uh, originally, of course, uh, Henry being unwell was first referenced in actually the second ever book, Thomas, the tank engine. And so it's it's nice to see, uh, even early as early as the Sith book, how much continuity the stories had, you know. Uh, and so we carry on this, um, you know, this trope of Henry being uh, somewhat inconsistently well or unwell, uh, but now it seems more consistently unwell than not. Uh, so uh, it's nice to see that carry over. Um, also, uh, I'll, I'll get more in depth into it in the next story. Um, but this was supposed to be the start of a storyline which could have turned out very differently if the Reverend had got his way. But, uh, but speaking of just Cole itself, I think it's an interesting little story, um, you know, and we do get some nice character development from Henry, um, the Welsh Cole as well, uh, because uh, at, at the time, Welsh Cole was, was rather expensive. And in fact, the Fat Controller even references that it's expensive. Uh, but it was meant to have a higher degree. Um, uh, it was supposed to be uh, better than most other types of coal. I, I'm not sure what exactly made it better than other types of coal, but uh, for some reason it was both in the series itself and in real life as well. There were a lot of uh, locomotives in real life on British railways that were poor steamers and uh, that improved with the use of Welsh coal. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's interesting too, I, I, I really enjoy um, about this story is that it really um, allows us to, once again, and again, I think we touched on this in Troublesome Engines, that as the cast of characters is getting bigger um, and are, we're getting more settled into the rhythms of everyday life on the Northwestern Railway, um, we do start to see a more interactions that aren't necessarily the whole story um but they're just minor components of the story involving one engine right. so it's nice that in the beginning we have an interaction with james and then later there's um you know there's an interaction uh with edward mm -hmm. and then there's an interaction at the end with thomas so it's nice that we see you know the different um you know kind of the different spots along the line and that these these engines do communicate with each other throughout the day, um, even if they're not necessarily integral to the main story. Um, it's just nice. It, it gives you a, a sense of real life on the island right. and, uh, and the, the working life of these engines every day. It does. It's, it's, it is nice to see, you know, more interaction between the engines. I mean, of course there's always been some interaction, but not to this level per se. I mean, Obviously, that's this sort of started in Troublesome Engines, and I do like how each of the books sort of builds up uh, upon, or each of the books so far at least builds up the the amount of interaction. And you know, we do have very consistent, uh, um, you know, roles within the uh, within at least the big engines, and obviously the the little engines as well. But they don't really play into this as much. Thomas does at the end, but uh, for the most part, this is just a story for the bigger engines. True. Um, now, something interesting, too, that I, I noticed, um, you know, just when taking a look at this, um, and I, I don't, nothing I've really noticed before, but I do believe that this is the first time, um, and one of the few times, really, that a story opens with dialogue. There's no description of, you know, Henry was sitting at the station, or, um, you know, Hen Henry was ill, and then dialogue right. it starts right away with "I suffer dreadfully, and no one cares." So it's quite quite interesting um, that they that they made that choice, um, yeah. and uh, and something they actually had to reverse for the TV series. They couldn't, you know, they had to have some sort of setup there, so right. the narration for the TV series changes that. But but it's interesting um, that that's the first time that that happens. And again, it's just you know the Reverend W. Audrey trying things differently, um, maybe not consciously, but. Um, but it's still an interesting choice and, uh, and gives it a little bit of flavor that's different than the standard pattern of the intros to the stories that we've had so far. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot has been said about C. Reginald Dalby and obviously the problems um, that he had illustrating um, Henry and yeah. uh, many of the other engines, particularly Percy later on. But there's one, one illustration in, in Cole that I particularly like, and that is the illustration of uh, Sir Topham Hatt in the cab right. with Henry's crew. Um, and it's from, it's, it's an interesting angle because it's from the back. So we see um, all of the, all of the coal and Henry's tender and then mm -hmm. the inner workings of Henry's cab, uh, and, you know, on the foot plate. Um, it's, it's, it's quite nice. And it's, I think one of, uh, one of Dolby's better illustrations of this era. That is an interesting shot, isn't it? Yeah. I, I do like, I, I, you know, fair play to see Reginald Dolby, regardless of his issues, he is a pretty decent illustrator at times, you know, he, he has his moments. It, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been William Middleton. So, <laughs> yeah, thankfully we only had one book of that. And even then, uh, we don't really, uh, unless you go on the wiki, we don't really have that book. 
or unless you're fortunate enough to own a first printing of the three railway engine. Yeah. True. And, um, you know, and so, and then after Cole, that moves into the next story, the flying kipper, of course, yeah. um, you know, what, what hasn't been said about the flying kipper. Um, right. It's a great story and even better episode. I, I think the the episode really improves it. Um, oh yeah. Quite a bit. You, you can't really get the drama of the crash um, or the drama of just the, the overall atmosphere of the night run um, just isn't quite captured in the illustrations or in the, Right. Um, or in the the descriptions um, in, in the prose, um, so it, it's something that really benefited from the um, from you know from the adaptation to the TV series. But um, yes, I, but it's still it's it's a nice um, it's a nice story. It's interesting um, that this is really the first time, and of course, this would become something a lot more important in later stories, and especially in the TV series. They really emphasized the um, the the dockside nature of the railway and right. the fact that there are many ports. Um, but this is really the first time that it's even touched on. Right. Um, that there are, that there is a, a harbor at the big station by the sea. So, yeah. um, and then we get the first time that there's kind of a different, a different industry, a different kind of atmosphere that these engines might, uh, might be doing. And really the first time that any of these stories has taken place at night, other than an engine, maybe them, maybe the engine's talking at the shed or something right. like that, but never any um, real activity at night. This is the first time. Um, and, and again, really one of the only times um, uh, for a while that, that there is activity at night. So it's quite interesting. It is. Um, I, I definitely agree with your comments about the, the TV series adaptation uh, bringing more drama to it, because even though obviously, you know, and, and we, as well as, I assume most, if not everybody listening to this have only ever lived in a world where the, the episode has existed. And for many of us, we saw the episode before we even read the book. And so to me, it, it is almost unthinkable. Um, you know, it's, it, it, you almost can't separate the episode from, you can't separate the story from the episode itself. And so even whenever I'm reading the railway series version of it, you know, I always hear the TV series soundtrack playing in my head. And I, uh, you know, I just think about the, uh, you know, the intensity of the crash. Because it was a really, both in the book and the TV series, it's a really intense crash. In fact, it's the most intense crash that we've seen thus far in the series. And I think it's one of the most intense crashes that we ever will see in the series. True. Yeah, absolutely. Um and again, some interesting illustrations by Dolby, um, yes. particularly the one of the crew in the book van. Yes, um, in the in the train that's uh, standing in the siding. That's a nice one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then the the last illustration, which is actually the the illustration that was also used for the cover of this right. book. Um, and with it, I there are some books that have that. Sh- that they chose a very odd, there's a weird thing with the railway series, particularly the, um, the books that, um, that the Reverend wrote, um, that are the choice of illustration for the front cover was just kind of odd, but there were often times where I think there was a more suitable illustration that, that would have worked, Mm -hmm. um, particularly with troublesome engines in the previous book, the choice of illustration for that, um, of Percy going through the yard with, um, with Edward and uh, Henry um, yep. this is kind of an odd choice, I think, but this one makes perfect sense. It's a oh, totally. wonderful shot of Henry um, puffing through in his new shape um, since he had gone to crew 
and that's a that's a great picture for um you know for the cover but some of um, the other um railway series covers just never quite worked for me and we'll get into that when we get into the other books but yeah um but this one really does i think yeah there's a few things that i want to point out here uh one of them is um Actually, because we've we've talked about the TV series adaptation a lot, and this I don't want to dwell on it, of course, but I do want to point out this one thing: uh, in the TV series, uh, when the um, the driver of the train that is on the siding, they're in the brake van uh, drinking cocoa. Uh, in the TV series, when he tells the fireman, you know, "Come on, fireman, back to our engine," it's assumed that they both get up and just leave. Uh, whereas in the railway series, they actually kind of the fireman stays and they sort of have an argument, and then the train hits, and you know, thankfully, neither of them were severely injured, but they were both, uh, you know, pretty shocked by the uh, uh, by by Henry crashing into the back of them. Right? I just think it was. I, I just think that it's an interesting little addition uh, that's in the railway series, where you know, you know, come on, fireman, back to our engine, and then the fireman said, "Hey, I haven't finished my cocoa yet," and then the train crashes. So, interesting yeah, that would have been odd with the little models and yeah, <laughs> the TV series. Um, yes. I, I think it would have taken some of the uh, uh, some of the drama out of it and would have had a bit too much uh, humor. Yes. Um, also, um, just because I like to mention this, uh, it's become sort of the staple of our railway series book reviews. I do. Uh, I, I find. I, I, I have the information about what this is based on. It's like with most of these stories, the incident didn't happen exactly as it's portrayed in the railway series, but it's based on an accident at Abbott's Ripton in 1876 when ice and snow caused a signal failure and a uh, collision. And so uh, we don't know what type of locomotive it was, but it did happen in 1876. So... I found that interesting. Yeah. Also, uh, this was originally, I, I said I was going to mention this when we got to this story. This was originally going to be the story that wrote Henry out of the series. Um, so this could have taken a very dark turn. Uh, but thankfully, uh, the Reverend uh, decided to spare Henry, and mostly because he could foresee some fan backlash. Because, you know, there were... It's, people seem to get really attached to Henry, even very early on. Um, Henry was one of the peop- uh, one of the engines that the Reverend got the most um, fan mail about. Uh, obviously, specifically, you know, questions about why he looked identical to Gordon when he was blue, and you know, um, but apparently, he Henry was just so popular at the time that even though the Reverend wanted to write him out, he was like, well, I. If I do that, they'll be boycotting me. So I can't do that. Uh, so... Well, I mean, I think, I mean, it, it's hard to say because there, I mean, there really isn't that much material written about the railway series no. pre pre TV series no. in terms of overall, you know, commentary or discussion. Um, and, it wasn't really given much regard. Um, and I should mention the, these comments are, you know, I, I'm basing these observations on, comments from uh christopher audrey's sort of reading between the lines i should i should mention that okay well right yeah and, and what i was where i was going with that is that um I, I would probably say though at this point henry was probably the second most popular character after thomas right um and probably because and and, and something that's um you know, that's indicative of that fact is that only two years after this book the first 
story choice to be adapted um, for the ill-fated BBC <laughs> live TV series um, was the sad story of Henry. And I would think that that was probably the most famous story from, at least from the early era pre-Thomas. Right. And then after Thomas the Tank Engine was published, many people, you know, obviously uh, knew about Thomas and, and eventually these books were just kind of, kind of came to be known as the Thomas books. Right. Um, even pre-TV series. Yes. But, um, uh, but I would say, you know, the sad story of Henry, the idea of, you know, the once an engine attached to a train was afraid of a few drops of rain and, and all of that. I think that was that was more well known than most of the rest of the railway series, oh, yeah. other than perhaps the Thomas stories. So, um, so, I mean, you're probably right in that, you know, Henry really probably was at this time the second most popular character. So, right. um, you know, it was quite interesting. And and he had, had, I mean, really quite a few stories at this point, too, oh, yeah. um, between in terms of um you know in terms of being um next to thomas thomas had you know two full books right. of his own stories so he had eight stories at this point mm -hmm. um where he was the main component henry at this point had had um the two in the first book yep. um and and then Henry and the Elephant in Troublesome Engine. So, you know, I mean, he, he was a big component already. And then also getting his own book here with, with five stories. Right. Although you could argue um, a couple of these stories really aren't very Henry focused. But yeah. Um, um, but yeah, and that, and that moves us into our next our next story, which is Gordon's Whistle. Right. Um, which which is is more Henry focused than I would um, or uh, than the next story, um, which is not henry focused whatsoever um but uh but this story here does have a focus on henry it is it's an interesting follow-up it's not necessarily the most logical um follow-up to henry coming back from crew but it's an interesting piece of character and that yes. gordon would be would be jealous um and uh but it's nice it's it's a it's a nice little story it's not anything all that significant no um and we touched on that in our review of the episode of the TV series, that it's not the most exciting um, episode or, or story. Um, it, it's, it's not, but when but, I was a kid, I liked um, at least this, I, I liked this story quite a bit when I was a kid. It's, you know, it, it's just the idea of a whistle getting jammed. And, you know, obviously that does happen frequently in real life. So, you know, wh while all the railway series stories are based on, real life incidents this one could have been based on any number because you know whistle jams happen i don't want to say regularly but they kind of do so yeah no yeah true and one um one particular illustration that i really like in this story is the second to last illustration um with gordon at uh at the big station. Yes. Um, and you can see the town behind it. Um, it's an interesting angle on the station mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and the town and then uh, the description, um, you know, or the, the writing the accompanying the illustration, uh, you know, states that, uh, you know, that there were air raid sirens that were starting and there were <laughs> fire brigades right. and horses that were upsetting their carts yeah. and old ladies that were dropping their parcels. So it's a yeah. um, fun kind of moment and again once again uh lets us into life on the island yeah um but it's a nice it's a nice little little story but nothing too significant it, it's not very significant um yeah it, it's it's an okay story i i i enjoyed it more when i was a kid but i i still find it i i think it's cute you know so 
that's just me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we move into our fourth story, um, which is not our last story. No. Um, which is uh, Percy in the Trousers. And this is what I was saying, that you know this story really is not Henry-focused at all. No. Um, Henry's in the very beginning, and that's, uh, that's it. Uh, the rest is all Percy. So it's, it's also the shortest story in the Railway series. Um, basically, nothing happens. Um, it's, <laughs> well, no, you say nothing, one... but come on. I mean, the, the, what does happen, of course, as we know, you know, Percy wants, Percy's told he wants a scarf. He accidentally gets one when he, you know, is trying to play a trick on the coaches and runs over someone's luggage. And we'll dive into this more when we get into our season three commentaries yes. for the TV series um, yeah. on our opinions on that adaptation of this story. Uh, but an interesting tidbit about this um, is that this is the first time where it is um, there was a credit to uh, Mr. C. Hamilton Ellis yes. for uh, allowing them to use or them allowing the, uh, the reverend to use the story mm-hmm. um, from the trains we loved. Right. Um, so that's the first time that, that, that there's another outside credit. And then that would happen often in the Scarlobby Railway books um, yep. for um, Railway Adventure um, and, and other um, uh, sources as well. So. Oh, yeah. You know, I, uh, another interesting thing to note about this one is that it is the shortest railway series story there is coming in at a total, a whopping four pages. Yeah, very, very short um, Really nothing, really nothing uh, happens that much. But but it's a nice little little padding, I guess, for the book. Um, just to you know add a, a get more bang for your buck and yeah. Um, and it showed that you know Percy was a good character to write for. Yes. I mean, he was right from the get go. He was able to come up with stories for Percy. So right. um, who at this point was a relatively new character. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, and and that shows in that you know they're various other books where Percy creeps in mm-hmm. and has a story where he doesn't really belong. Um, I, I was, so it's quite interesting. I was going to say in a, in a book called Henry the Green Engine, we've now had uh, four of the five stories, two of which are completely about Henry. One that's kind of about Henry, but is also kind of about Gordon and one where Henry only appears in the first in, in the first page. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's just interesting that Percy gets his own story in Henry the Green Engine. Um, I do find this bit interesting, uh, but the bit towards the end when the fat controller is reprimanding uh, Henry, uh, sorry, Percy, where he's reprimanding Percy. And I, I'm guessing that this is an, a, an English game that I, I haven't, uh, I'll be honest, I haven't taken the time to look into what it is. Um, but, you know, uh, where, where he says, my, my hat is done to my trousers are, ru- are ruined. All because you will come into the station as if you were playing Grandmother's Steps with the coaches. I have no idea what Grandmother's Steps is. I assume it's a game that children play. Um, but I, I just love that line for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Nice, nice little line. Um, it reminds me of, um, of later when he's talking to Duncan. Yes. Um, and he says, railways are not dance floors and you are not a pop star. <laughs> yes. Um, which is a nice, another nice uh, line, which we'll, of course, uh, get into at some point. Oh, yeah. um, n- now, the next story, Henry Sneeze, yes. of course, um, is very Henry-focused. This is almost entirely Henry. Oh, yes. Um, actually, actually, it is literally entirely Henry. There is no um, – I don't think there's a single other – and there's not a single other engine interaction nope. in it. Um, there is – 
in uh, James is in it um, in the illustration, mm-hmm. um, but that is it. But yeah, that that is it. So it's it's all Henry Focus. So mm-hmm. that that's something I like about this story is that it's it's kind of isolated. It feels more like the earlier railway series yes. stories. Um, now I said earlier that I like the that I liked Cole because it featured interactions, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I like them both, but this is, this is kind of almost feels like a throwback really to the way that he wrote stories pre troublesome engines. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and even, I mean, even in the beginning, it, it does feel a little bit like a throwback because he, it has more of the repetition that the series was known for at the beginning with, mm-hmm. he says, I feel so well, I feel so well. The coaches say trickety truck, trickety truck. Yes. Um, again, much more like that, but, um, we we haven't quite gotten away from the early railway series jargon yet, but we we're, we're getting there. It's, it's a lot. uh, I I think Trinity Trot appears a couple of times throughout this book, but really after a couple of books after this, we start to get that a lot less. Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, this is actually probably one of the few times too, where, um, the day of the week is referenced in an episode or in a story rather. Yeah. Um, it, it opens with one lovely Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, the only other time that I can think of where a day of the week is referenced, um, is, uh, in the little rhyme, um, that the boys sing when Gordon, uh, falls in the ditch right. they say all on a Monday morning. Now, who knows if that's, if that was actually on a Monday morning or if they were just singing the song, but, um, but it is, it's, that's really the only other time I can think of where the day of the week is referenced. So I, yeah, I, I, uh, this is quite interesting. I was going to say, I, I'm not, I, I would like to think that it was, you know, Mary reference in the day of the week, but it is kind of likely that it's part of a rhyme uh, of some sort. Cause you know, I can think of um, several other rhymes that would mention a day of the week, but you know, not necessarily sung on that particular day of the week, but, uh, but I, I get what you're saying. Um, now this one, of course uh, we don't, uh, Christopher, at least, doesn't have the exact incident of where this happened, but he assumes uh, that it was likely. Um, uh, he, he assumes that there was uh, that it's based on an incident from a an issue of the Railway Gazette, in which uh, a locomotive fitted with an ash ejector was able to, uh, you know, uh, spray soot. From its uh, from its funnel at at the driver's whim, so huh yeah yeah that's quite interesting. Um, it is, uh, and uh, yeah, but yeah, nice little story. Um, it is. Um, it's it's also the the one railway series story that's had to be edited. Right. Yep. And and everyone knows uh, everyone who's listening to this, I would imagine knows um, yes <laughs> knows why, of course. Um, but um, it was a different and, time. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Um, different time. Um, but this has some great illustrations in it as well. Um, particularly, um, the, uh, the second to last illustration again, um, where Henry's blowing the soot up. Um, now it's a shame because we don't get the great face that he has in the TV series, um, his seizing face. Um, but we do have a wink, which is quite interesting. Um, there aren't many other, uh, times where an engine winks. Yes. Um, it, which of course they were never able to do in the TV series um, normally, but um, but it's a nice nice little thing and, there. And it's I, I believe it's the first occasion in which um, the uh, the um, the the writing actually references the illustration in that you know Henry didn't answer; he was feeling stuffed up, but he winked at his driver like this, 
and then you know that's on the same page as the illustration of the wing and that would have as you said that would happen several times throughout the series and so i thought that that was uh that was kind of cool that that's the first time that that happens true yeah something that that's lost a little bit in the uh in in the complete collection um which i would imagine most of us um who uh who most of you out there who are following along most of us fans um probably would have some sort of collection not the individual books maybe of the individual books unless you're super probably don't what'd you say i said unless you're super lucky yeah, yeah. I mean, and you can still buy the individual books, of course, more uh, more readily available in the UK. Yes. Or you can get the horrible uh, cropped image versions <laughs> that we had in the US. Although I'm not sure that Henry the Green Engine was ever released in that it, format. It was actually. It was one of I think the first, the first, um, the first seven books were released. It, it was it it was a really weird model that they put out. It was the first seven books. And then Gordon the Big Engine, and then Christopher Audrey's first book, and then more about Thomas the Tank Engine. I guess just stories about Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> and the main, you know, and the, and the main, you know, the the main, the seven. main seven exactly. anyway. Um, but uh, the steam team, if you will. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was Henry the Green Engine. Yes, um, it was. A good book um mm-hmm. not not one of the reverend w audrey's best i would say but but certainly um you know keeping up with the pace of troublesome engines um that preceded it really right. um you know still still developing his writing style um definitely much uh, stronger writing than we had seen in some of his previous books um and uh but yeah so and and henry's a great character and we're glad to still have him with us yes uh yes we we certainly are uh you know i i think this is a book that it starts out real it starts out well and then the second story is really strong and then the last three sort of harken back to the early days of the railway series or at least the the last one does definitely but uh you know i i don't think that it's a i I don't think any of these stories are necessarily bad I just, um, I think the first two were really, uh, the first one's pretty good. The second one's really strong and the other three are just kind of okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would say, I would say that, um, that Cole flying Kipper and, um, and Henry sneeze are, uh, are the ones I like the most. Um, yes. And I would say, I mean, if I had to rank them, I would probably say, uh, you know, F- flying Kipper, Henry sneeze, Cole, Gordon's whistle and Percy and the, tra- Percy and the trousers. So yeah, in dead last. <laughs> I I wouldn't. I mean, I would put it last, not necessarily dead last, but I would put it last. Uh, you know, I. But I, I don't know. I find it a charming little story, but that's just me. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure other people have their opinions, and we would love to hear them. And there are several ways that we can hear them. Absolutely. Yep. You can uh, find us on Twitter at Talking Thomas One uh, on Facebook facebook.com slash talking thomas pod and you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify anchor is our home of course yes uh, many other podcast platforms and we thank you for listening we've been doing this for just a little over a year now yeah um, we, we, and we, we thank you for all of your support and yeah. uh and uh yeah thanks for listening yes thank you so much we have just like I think it was either earlier this week or last week that we did celebrate our one year anniversary. So thank you for sticking with us for this whole year. And we hope to be able to continue this for a long time to come. 